today the below average joe's mma show present the weekend recap and we are recapping three big cards from this weekend one it's now being called one fight night seven bellator 291 ufc vegas insert number here a lot to go over mostly positives i think there's a lot of positives to take away from this weekend so everything from those fights stay tuned all this and more and it all starts right now welcome back everybody thank you for joining us it's episode 270 dom at this rate we're going to be passing the ufc numbers and even the bellator numbers before we know it we've always wondered when that day would come and now it's like in sight that's crazy yeah, only a couple years in it took the ufc 30 years to get the <laughs> 285 yeah but your joes just work a little bit harder yeah <laughs> Uh, but I'm glad to see everybody's doing well. I hope, anyways, that everybody's doing well. Uh, the weather's starting to get a little better out here, so um, that, that boosts the spirits a little bit. They mm -hmm. say depression is at its highest during the winter months, Dom, and I, mm -hmm. I believe it because uh, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to be good, feel good when it's dark and dreary every day, and yeah, yeah. You know, but sometimes it's nice. Just look out your window, a little bit of sunshine, mm. you know, a little nice weather, a little golf, maybe. Oh, uh, if anything, golf would probably depress me further. But you know, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> that's the difference between me and Dom, I guess. So uh, this is episode 270. We're recapping all of the weekend's action. We had one fight night seven, Bellator 291, UFC Vegas, insert number here. Um, mostly good for the weekend, I would say, Dom. I mean, Obviously, we're going to get into the fact that our main event for our UFC card <laughs> fell out during the broadcast. Dominic, that's the second time that that's happened in like four months. And I can't think of another example of when that's happened. Nope. Uh, all the way back to, I want to say, UFC, wait for it, 23. Kevin Randleman was supposed to fight, uh, I want to say it was Petey Williams in the main event. Could be wrong. Uh, but he was supposed to fight somebody, and right before his walkout, Kevin Randleman slipped and hit his head, and the fight did not happen. And they basically had to come out and tell the crowd right before they were expecting Kevin Randleman to walk out, like, hey, card's over. Wow. So, yeah, people were pissed. But uh, that's the only time I could think of that happening, at least on the night of. And mm -hmm. then we've had it twice in, like, four months. So, yeah, I don't know. But at least this time there was a decent co-main to kind of – Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that, that felt like you know okay that could be a you know main event i guess so um a lot to go over yeah dominic how are you feeling there was a lot to catch up on where we we were digging a little deeper this weekend we we watched one bellator ufc mm -hmm. it's always tough when you got a lot to to watch you also have to try to you know that work-life balance you're trying mm -hmm. to spend time with your friends and family as well how did it go this weekend dude it's it's it was a good weekend man had the buddies over to watch uh the end of bellator and all the ufc card it was went really well uh like you said the weather is nice and i just can't help but feel guys that right now you know this is our monday edition we're heading into march march begins this week it's a big big slate for the ufc specifically and for mma as a whole We've got Bellator events coming up, big ones. We've got PFL season kicking off at the beginning of April. 
it just feels like a special time to be an MMA fan. I know for myself and Noah that we are so pumped for this content schedule that we've got coming with all these fights and news and what we're working on. Super pumped, super excited, energized, and ready to go is the best way to describe how I'm feeling, Noah. I'd like to think you feel the same. Oh, completely. We we have passed the calm before the storm. We are yeah. here. It is, yeah. it is officially UFC 285 fight week. Maybe I should hold off on saying that till the end of the episode. I mean, we, we do have to get into this stuff. Yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned content schedule because we want to let everybody know we'll have a third episode this week. Yeah. So Wednesday, we will be uh, releasing our next verbal sparring where me and Dominic go head-to-head, 10 questions, all about, you will usually about MMA and whatever the hottest questions are in your space, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I mean, you can submit questions, whatever. Uh, we go over it. We go head-to-head. Um yes. There is a little twist to this one. Um, <laughs> since I am making my return to the below average bet slip, Dominic has uh, forced me into a gauntlet where I will be taking on the, the wings of death. This is not hot ones, but I'm taking on the blazing challenge from Vito. Wow. So I will have 10 boneless uh, guys. I, I, I'm a bone in guy, but come on. I'm already going to get enough people probably calling me fat for eating on the episode. <laughs> I can't. I can't be having myself looking like a fucking mess. You don't want it all over your fingers and stuff, too. Like, you this know? is this is already going to be tough enough. Just yeah. let me do the boneless wings, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So I'll be doing that one wing for each question, and uh, at the end, then I will be officially back into the the gauntlet. I'll be trying to do it without any sort of beverages. So that's um, that's the kicker. I feel like I shouldn't be putting this much pressure on myself. I feel like I should just do it. <laughs> Yeah. And then we can talk about it later. But um, yeah. no, I'm committing to it. I, I, I will have probably some water, maybe some milk on standby. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to hope to not use it, not be a bitch. Fair. Yeah. So that'll be coming on Wednesday. Be on the lookout for that. Um, and anyways, Dom, I think we're just ready to hop right in. What do you say? Let's ride. So we're doing it kind of in order by when these fights happen. So we'll start with one in our main event. They ran it back. It was worth the wait for one Fabricio Andrade as he is now officially the one Bantamweight champion. He gets the TKO over John Lineker. Stopped in between rounds, actually. The end of round four, uh, John Lineker did not answer the bell. So Andrade, your new champion, 25 years old, Dom. Mm -hmm. He was putting on a clinic in the first fight. I think I made a mistake on last episode. I think I said... That Lineker is the one that threw the nut shot. It was actually on Drodge. It actually uh, cracked Lineker's cup, oh. which is kind of a crazy twist. That does not sound like a good time. No. Um, but anyways, no no uh, controversy this time. This fight yeah. was brutal. It was fun. Um, both guys had their moments for sure. And Dominic, an impressive part of this fight for me is John Lineker has hands of stone, right? That's literally his nickname. Andrade was eating some of these big, big shots yeah. from Lineker um, and kept coming forward, kept bringing that pressure and, um, you know, had a great size advantage, of course, coming in. Mm-hmm. And he looked like a million bucks here, in my opinion, even though, like, this was not a, as dominant or as one-sided of a showing as it was in his last fight. John Lineker is the real deal. Like I yeah. said, he had, a, he had, like, quadrupled the professional MMA experience of Andrade. I think this kid's a special talent. And now, 
he's literally our age, Dom. Well, yeah. my age. I don't know. You're not 25 yet. So. No, he's still older than um, me. Yeah, For so now. I'm, uh, he's my age. <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting on my couch watching him win a world <laughs> title. I mean, that's that's got to mean something, that a kid that, that at that age is able to beat a guy like John Lineker and reach the pinnacle of one. What were your thoughts on this fight and of Andrade uh, as your new champion? Yeah, that's the thing, too. Not only did he become a champion at 25, but he did it by taking out a seasoned veteran. I mean, you said it on Friday's episode. What was it? Lineker has four times the amount of professional yeah. fights as Andrade, yeah. and he not only wins, but gets a stoppage. His last four wins have all been by KOTKO. He put on a clinic here. He weathered adversity. We said in the preview that no matter what the skill gap is and whatever, like who may be the better martial artist as a whole, John Lineker has the equalizer that not a lot of people do, especially at the lower weight classes. And Fabricio was um, able to eat those shots, stay composed, and really inflict a lot of damage. It was just like for every one big shot John would land, he would come back with just vicious combinations. His jab was beautiful, setting up his big shots. It was just a, a really, really good performance. He was able to cap off that great work he put in in that first fight. Worth the wait, indeed. It was an incredible fight. Probably the best fight of the weekend, uh, if I from off the top of my head, I would say. And it just so happened to have huge implications on it. On Prime Video, of course. Uh, so the U.S. got to see it in our prime time, which is good. I hope a lot of people do take advantage and watch one. I hope they are growing that following leading into their debut here in the States in a couple of months. So it was an amazing performance. And at this age, I really am intrigued to see what Fabricio can put together, a title reign, how many defenses, how can he keep putting on performances you know, and keep leveling up? You would only imagine at this young of an age, he's just going to keep getting better and better and better. So the future's bright here. We could have a, a very big star for one, I'd say, over the next one or two years if he keeps winning like this. Yeah, and I mean, you look at him, he looks like a million bucks. He's got the size, yeah. uh, big, big band he was for big. sure. Yeah. And I mean, Lineker is definitely a shorter statured guy, but I mean, he, he towered uh, yes. John Lineker here. And that was honestly the big differentiator in this fight was uh, even though Lineker was of course able to close distance at points and land some of those big hooks and overhands, Andrade was able to maintain relatively a decent amount of distance so that way, a lot of the blunt of the of the shots weren't quite landing as hard, and he was just able to kind of pick his shots, land good jabs, and I mean, he hurt Lineker multiple times in this fight. I mean, that's that's a very impressive feat for this guy who this was his biggest step up by far. Yes, I know he fought him already, but you know this was kind of the culmination of these two fights, and if they decide to run it back a third time. I won't be upset about it, but I kind of hope that we just see him take, a, you know, go go take on another contender. Yeah, I'm not sure who that would be. I'm not sure Bibiano Fernandez what he's doing. The former champion, he's a he's another veteran. He's like in his high 30s. So yeah, you know, you got to think there's someone out there who can challenge Andrade. And yeah, I I think you're right. At this age and looking this good already, I mean, he's only going to get better. You would assume and um. If he does, he's going to be a dangerous, dangerous guy for a long time. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't have said any better. I, I, the, seeing someone like him gives me even more reason to want to be more intrigued with what one has going on there with mm -hmm. their top echelon of fighters for sure. 
that is kind of a good point is like yeah it's i will say that there is a lore to like when you're trying to you know evaluate what you want to watch you see a name like john lineker or or demetrius Mm -hmm. johnson and you know that might be the thing that pulls you in or like when eddie alvarez was there or sage northcutt you know these guys that fought in ufc who were more familiar with former ufc champions perhaps you know that might be the thing that lures you in but then when you get there dom you see all these great talents like not just andrage but you got like Adriano Marais and mm-hmm. Stamp Fairtex and Angela Lee, like these really good fighters. And there's a yep. lot that I'm missing when I'm talking about this. But um, one, you know, we we've had this debate about who's the second, you know, mm-hmm. biggest promotion, Bellator, PFL, and I think it's still, in terms of worldwide, I think those are two and three. But in terms of the actual talent. Yeah, you could yeah. probably make a debate that one might have the second most talent. Um, yeah, and 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 you have to consider they're not just doing MMA, Dom. I mean, on this card, Comain was for a uh, Muay Thai title, and you know, yep. At first, I was kind of like, oh, you know, I prefer to just kind of watch MMA. But then now that I've watched a few cards, Dom, I'm kind of more into it. Like I kind of like the change of pace. Sometimes you get a little kickboxing, some submission grappling. Uh, Daniel Danielle Kelly, I think was her name. A uh, mm-hmm. really talented grappler. A lot of people that, you know, she's like this young prodigy. Uh, she had a submission grappling match a little lower on this card. She looked good. And, you know, you do a little kickboxing, little Muay Thai. Like, it's kind of something for everybody there. And I think that's something that makes them stand out. You know, Bellator tried it a few years ago with their kickboxing. I don't even think they're doing that anymore. So that didn't really yeah. work out. Um, so it's definitely a niche. I think it's something that definitely be, uh, appeals more to an Asian market, but it is something that makes them stand out a little bit. Yeah, I feel like, too, when you see those other sports or the Muay Thai-only fights or the kickboxing-only, et cetera, it kind of gives you more appreciation for that sport because how many times mm-hmm. do we see people from those backgrounds fully transition to MMA and you kind of just, okay, they did good there, but how does it going to equivalate here to MMA? So when you get to see it first uh, firsthand, think that helps you garner a better perspective of what all they do before transitioning you know yeah speaking of which that co-main had uh like i said it was for a muay thai title and i don't remember the names of the gentlemen i apologize i'm not familiar with muay thai like that but yeah um i was watching it and dom literally the first i think it was like the first strike of the fight was a leg kick right to like the knee and the fight was over like he, wow. he couldn't walk on his leg like that's how powerful of a kick it was um really weird i mean the fight was over in like 30 seconds it was absolutely crazy so um yeah i mean they have a ton of talent and like i'm saying they, they have it spread out too like yeah. they have it in all these different avenues and then you get those interesting fights dom where guys cross over you know demetrius johnson had that uh fight with uh what was uh, his it name? was rotang wasn't it yeah rotang where they yep. did like the the mixed, mixed rules, rules and stuff like yeah d- don't get me wrong at the end of the day i'm i'm kind of a you know i prefer yeah. mma and prefer to watch traditional mma but it is fun when you do get some of these you know it kind of reminds me of pride back in the day with their freak show fights and stuff like something that's a little different you know it's nice from time to time Dude, I just thought about now we're just rambling about all these promotions, but really look at it, though. We have the UFC as like the top dog, obviously, best fighters, depending on the weight class, arguably, of course. 
because we're going to get into that in a second, I think. But then you have Bellator. They do their Grand Prix. PFL, mm-hmm. they do their regular season and playoffs. One championship, they have MMA, Muay Thai, kickboxing, grappling. Eat all four organizations have something that is a bit of niche to interact with all kinds of audiences. And I think that's a really good balance to have in this sport. So that's a good thing to say. You know, I, I know we're kind of going off the rails of what the discussion <laughs> was supposed to be, but I I think it, I think we're at a good spot with MMA. Yeah. Like I think now's a good time to be getting into the sport. Yes. Um, there's just so many opportunities to watch. The, the, it's never been easier to watch. You got ESPN 100%. Plus for PFL and Showtime for Bellator. Then you got Amazon Prime for one. That's always been the biggest problem, Dom. We've been hearing about one for years. But yeah. It's like, okay, how do you watch it? Like, you know, it. I, I understand when we complain about like time, uh, yeah. what, what time these parts yeah. start. European fans are like, ready to just kill us <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they have to deal with it on a week to week basis. But I do think it's been kind of an issue when like these cards start at like 5 a.m. on oh, yeah, Friday sure. or something. You know, it doesn't make it super accessible to, yeah. you know, if you have a full-time job, a 9 to 5, you know, it's not exactly the easiest thing to check out these cards, but now that they do have yep. cards that are appealing more to that American time zone and having them at a decent time on Amazon Prime. It's never been more accessible. And they're about to make their debut in America, which I somehow had forgotten that we had talked about. <laughs> it's been a made while. Made an announcement in the group <laughs> chat. Like, they did talk about it like it was official, official. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what what happens. You know, bringing that rule set with the knees to downed opponents and stuff to America, which has been like, whoa, that's never really happened because the UFC yeah. made sure of that. So, I yeah. do think that's cool. We'll see how the, you know if anything really comes from that. And they're going to Colorado. That's the birthplace of the UFC. Dude, that's so true. I didn't even think about it that way. Maybe we'll go. We'll go to Colorado, maybe. Hey, man. <laughs> that sounds fun. But uh, we will talk a little bit more about this card a little later. But let's get on into Bellator 291. And, man, what a performance this was. Talk about the performance of the weekend. There might yeah. be a debate for that, actually, but. In terms of the the level of fight we were getting here, Yaroslav Amosov coming in with so many questions. You know, this is a man who had been at war for his country for hadn't fought two years, basically yeah. close to it, and um, he was going up against his toughest opponent previously, Logan Storley. A guy they had a very close decision. Uh, Amosov got the win. Logan Storley, meanwhile, while Amosov's off fighting for his country, Logan Storley has been looking better and better, uh, mm-hmm. showing he can get it done on the feet against Neiman Gracie. And then he's, you know, using his wrestling to get him wins over like Michael Page and wins the interim title. So all of a sudden, Dom, you had this fight where maybe some people were doubting Amosov a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even though the odds still had him favored, he was like a minus 155. Um, I did say I thought this was like the highest level fight that Bellator could put on right now. And in a way, it didn't really – like. I still stand by that, but Amosov just proved that he is just in a league of his own. He is on another level right now. And the fact that he was able to do that, Dom, while, again, I don't know what kind of training he had while he's, yeah. you know, out fighting a war. I can't imagine he's getting quite the training that some of these <laughs> other guys are getting, including like a Logan Storley. Yeah. So for him to come back and show that there is an even, that he's even hitting another level, um, this dude's a special talent. 27 and 0 now. 
Yeah. And it's a legit 27 and 0. This ain't one of those inflated records, people. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Mm. Um, I don't, again, it's hard for me to really say how he stacks up in terms of worldwide uh, welterweights because that's such a good division in MMA and the UFC have very strong uh, people like Usman and Edwards and whatnot. But I think he's the best fighter in Bellator, pound for pound. I mean, yeah, you could talk about Patricio Pitbull or AJ McKee or whatever, but uh, I, I would take Amosov if I'm going pound for pound, who's the best. 100%. I was literally going to say that if you didn't. And uh, he, he, I think it's not even up for debate, actually, that he's the best fighter mm. in that promotion. Um, like Noah said, it's not an inflated record. 27-0, 8-0 in Bellator, two wins over Logan Storley. Um, and uh, I'm, why am I blanking on who he took? He took the belt from Douglas Lima and made it look very yeah. easy in that one too. So we have a really legit talent here, 29 years old, just now getting into his prime. My goodness, this is a phenom. This is a guy that can have the belt a very, very long time. And no, I wanted to bring that up too about that worldwide debate. I saw someone tweet and I can't remember who it was. So I apologize. I just glanced by it this morning, but they said, Bellator can make a clear argument to have the best fighter at welterweight, which would be, uh, and this is in the world, by the way, with Amazov, middleweight with Johnny Eblen, and light heavyweight with Fadim Nimkov. They said that Bellator has a good argument to make a state that they have the best fighter across those three divisions. And now I'd be interested to hear what people think about that, but they are all at least in the discussion. I think I, what did I say Friday? The winner of this is a uh, top five in the world mm -hmm. and i i feel that way after this performance amazov looks like a guy that can hang with anyone man so i just thought that was interesting and uh, feel free to give your thoughts on that tweet too this was an incredible performance with that being said that is one of the craziest thoughts i've ever heard <laughs> i do think you can make an argument that he's in like the top five you know in the world and this is all i mean we're never gonna really know but oh no never I mean, I still think Usman's the best welterweight in the world. And I mean, you, it, and he's not even the talking, champ, you know? Yeah, he's not the champ. So, I mean, <laughs> then you got Leon Edwards. And that being said, even, I mean, Johnny Evelyn's an interesting one because he's a guy that's kind of been under the radar, truthfully. Yeah, and he's, yeah for sure. But he's really good. And I mean, his mm -hmm. skill set, I'm still not sure how, I'm, not, I'm still not sure how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Three dimensional. His skill set yeah. is. It feels like he might be a bit one dimensional still, but that one dimension is one it's of the so best good. wrestling games <laughs> in all of the yeah. MMA. And um, when you look at middleweight, and a lot of these guys are high level strikers, yeah, you know, he's yeah. kind of a Achilles heel for a lot of these guys. You feel like so. Um, that's an interesting thought. But even Nemkov, I could I could definitely see there being an argument for light heavyweights. Just not quite as strong. Yeah. as a welterweight especially but um i don't want to make you know get held up on that because amasov did uh this is gonna go this is probably gonna be in the in the um for anybody who's doing like performance of the year you know type yeah. awards at the end of the year you better have amasov yeah. up there because logan storley is a damn good fighter and he had nothing 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 yeah. for him there was not one second of this fight dom that logan storley was a in control of and be winning yeah it was completely flawless and rarely each year you can count on one hand across all weight classes and all promotions how many flawless performances there are this is one of them right here 
undoubtedly. And you want to know what's crazy, Dom? Is according to Amosov himself, guess where he's going now? He's going back to fight. Wow. Like back to fight the war. Yeah. Like who knows cool. when we're going to see him next? And again, these are things that are bigger than sports. I know that's kind of a cliche to say, but it, it really is, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it may not be right to even speculate what could be next for him. But all I know is, you know, this division obviously going to have to keep moving. If you get another interim champion, you know, fine. But yeah. I have a hard time believing anybody is going to beat this guy for a long time. Yeah, I'm looking at the list. I can't really name one either. So we really are on to something here. This could be one of the most uh, longest reigning, most dominant champions Bellator's ever had if he keeps going at this rate. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about Bellator 291 in a bit. But uh, the UFC main event, Dom, not Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. That fight fell off during the card. They announced yeah. that uh, Krylov had fallen ill. Um, unfortunately, the, the fight was pulled. So then Brendan Allen and Andre Munez get bumped to the main event. I will say that, you know, is it a main event level fight? I don't know. But um, it, it at least was an easier one to stomach than like when Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak fell yeah. off and you had Kennedy and Zachukwu and, and Jan Kudalaba yeah. as your main event. Um, so in your new main event, Brendan Allen. In some ways, maybe shocks the world. I don't know if you could say that when he wasn't quite a massive underdog. But I think a lot of people were riding with Munez here. And Brendan Allen gets the submission. That's the kicker. That's the kicker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Round three, four minutes, 25 seconds in. Dominic, I'm just going to ask you, was this the best performance of Brendan Allen's career? It absolutely was, and it was the biggest win of his career. Man, I've been I've been loving this guy for a long time. He just could never get like that really big win to set him apart. I guess like he's a fun fighter. He's a young guy with potential, but he just had never realized it yet. Last night he realized it. You beat number eleven Andre Muniz, who was just kicking everyone's ass since he had came into the UFC. And not only do you beat him, you arguably win all three rounds. That first round was close. It was a really good fight. Yeah, he wins round two. And he wins round three and then gets a submission to top everything off. You outgrapple a jujitsu tactician. Don't forget, guys, Andre Muniz submitted Jacare Souza and broke his arm. And Brendan Allen just outgrappled him for three or two rounds. The first round was a lot of striking. That's impressive. This was a really good performance, a huge, huge win for Brendan Allen at 27 years old. He's now on four straight. He's going to get a ranking next to his name on Tuesday morning. I can't help but be happy for this guy. I love seeing him maybe, just maybe, starting to reach in to that prime and to that potential that I've always believed he had, was just hesitant to say how far it could take him. I, I yeah, I, I, I'll give you that credit, Dom. Since we've done this show, I felt like you've really been on Brendan yeah. Allen's kind of hype train. And maybe that cooled off just because, like you said, I think in, I think consistency has been a problem for him. And yeah. for as good as he can be offensively, you know, he's got good stand-up, powerful guy. He's also got great wrestling, good submissions. It also feels like he makes a lot of mistakes and gets caught, yeah. whether it be in the striking or he gets caught on the ground in a submission. Um, that's happened a lot of times to him. So consistency has been kind of the key. And if he if he performs like this, you know, time yeah. in and time out, I mean – 
who knows how far he can take this. Dominic, since we've done this podcast, I think this is the biggest raise. Like, how do I word this? I don't think there's been another guy or girl who going into a fight I had at a certain value, who I had at a certain ceiling in my head, who raised it higher than what Brendan Allen did in one in fight. In just one fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I right. think this was the biggest jump in my value of someone in one yeah. fight since we've done this show. Brendan uh, Allen I thought was good, but I just thought he was a, he was a, a, a bit um, mistake-prone, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a killer-be-killed a little bit, a fun fighter, but never going to be a guy who's, you know, in the upper echelon of this yeah. division. And then he goes in and beats Andre Munez, who I maybe haven't been as high on as some people. Like, I think, Dom, even you said, and this isn't a knock on you for saying this, but I think you said he was the most underrated top 15 fighter in the UFC. And I think a lot of people probably held that same belief. And you look at his dominant wins over Uriah Hall and submitting Chakare Souza. You know, he looked like a special talent. Yeah. And he went and this fight occurs and Brendan Allen, I mean, not dominated, but Brendan Allen won this fight no matter where it went. Yeah, very convincing. You know, what's weird about it is I feel like Munez had – he had some success in the striking, which was yeah, not yeah. something I saw coming. Um, but in terms of grappling, he had nothing. Who uh, like it's just a weird mm-hmm. like turn of events there. And Brendan Allen to end up submitting Andre Munez. I mean, that is one for that is one you're gonna have, he's gonna tell his grandkids about, you know, when yeah. he gets older. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know, Dom. Like, now all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know, maybe Brendan Allen, he's going to be top 15, obviously, after this win. You know, maybe he can be a real player in this division. You know, he'll likely get a guy, you know, I don't know what his next fight will be. I don't know if he'll be one of those guys who fights ahead, you know, since Mm -hmm. he was sort of unexpectedly now dropped into the top 15. He may be one of those guys that ends up fighting someone, kind of like how Munez did here. He may be a guy that ends up fighting someone outside looking in. Yeah. Um, but it, make no mistake, you know, if he keeps winning, Dom, by the end of 2024, maybe, you could really be seeing this guy fighting for potentially uh, a title eliminator or, you know, putting himself in the title conversation. I think that's really in play for him at this point. It's just a matter of can he remain consistent. If he fights like he did Saturday night, there's no doubt in my mind he'll be in that conversation. Point blank period. Bam. There's no better way to end that discussion. Yeah. Um, we got more on that card to come, and we're actually going to transition into the rest of the weekend, Dom. We'll start with one co-main event, or not co-main, the feature bout, the co-main in terms of MMA, saw former two-division champion Martin Wynn get a unanimous decision over Leonardo Casati. Dominic, this was a hard-hitting fight. This was a really a good card for one, I thought. In yep. this fight, I mean, th- this fight was uh, hard-hitting. It was fun. Martin Wynn, a fun fighter, like I said, former two-division champion, and, you know, still putting on fun fights, even though maybe he's not as good as was at his peak. And Leonardo Casati, to his credit, held in there and also had his moments of looking like he could take over the fight. Um, I didn't really score it live, so I don't really know kind of how I was leaning one way or another, but I just had a lot of fun watching it. And I wanted to give those two guys a shout out. And then um, for Bellator, I'll, I'll kick it to you for this one, Dom. 
Um, couple fights that I thought I'd throw on here. Jeremy Kennedy gets the unanimous decision win over Pedro Carvalho. And then that's actually former title challenger, Pedro Carvalho. Didn't mention mm-hmm. that on uh, Friday. And then Bryce Logan goes into Peter Queeley's hometown or his home country, Ireland. Gets the TKO in round two. A really nice knockout for, for him. So, Dominic, anything, any takeaways from, from those two fights or anything else on Bellator 291? So, for the Kennedy fight, one-way traffic. The only thing he didn't do was finish that fight. He dominated yeah. that fight for 15 complete grind, minutes. Complete grind yeah. of a performance. And that's really what yeah. Jeremy Kennedy does. And yeah. he did it very well here. Yeah, I mean, he's 19-3 and three now. He has a wealth of experience in the PFL and in uh, the UFC, as Noah enlightened me with on Friday. He's 4-1 and one inside the Bellator cage now. Only lost to Adam Boric, and that went the distance. So he's going to be top three now. This was number five versus number three. And if you dominate someone ranked ahead of you like that, you easily take their spot. I kind of posed the question of, with that performance, was it enough to earn a title shot? Also, I just don't really know what they're going to do with this division. I'm looking at guys ahead of him. There is Adam Boric. Uh, and A.J. McKee. That's all that is ahead of him at the featherweight division. A.J.'s kind of in between as well. I think he's going to be in well, he's uh, at lightweight. Yeah, so they're he's doing a Grand, a Grand Prix, Prix, right? So, yeah. yeah, so exactly. So you can basically eliminate him. Maybe he runs it back, Jeremy Kennedy, with Adam Borch. Winner, that gets a title. We'll see. But uh, he's on a win streak, man, so I wouldn't be upset if he got that shot. For Peter Queeley, Get him out of Ireland. He can't fight there anymore. I feel so <laughs> bad for him. The most badass entrance in all. I'm going to say it. I know you tweeted it said one of. I'm going to say it is. It is the best entrance in MMA. But my God, it doesn't do nothing for him because he has lost three straight fights. 0-3. All of them have happened in Ireland. I feel so bad for him in his home country. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's fighting good competition. But this was a big step back compared to the other two fighting an unranked Bryce Logan, and he got knocked out. I know he was in control until he wasn't, so I'll give him credit there. It just It's unfortunate for a guy that, you know, in the first two cards he main evented, I think, both of them, or one of them was for a title even against yeah. Pitbull. So yeah. it is just – it's it's so sad. But for Bryce Logan, you know, thrill and agony, he's going to be a top-10 ranked lightweight in the world now for Bellator. So good on him. Huge win. Got to finish over a guy that's hard to finish, I'll say. Yeah, we. I'm sorry, Peter, but you can't fight in Ireland anymore. <laughs> I don't make the rules. But, Dom, um, can we at least have him come and just walk out? Just do the entrance? Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Or can we give his entrance to a better fighter, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Something's got to change. That was kind of so, mean. That was kind of mean. That was a little mean, Noah, but, you know, it's fine. Whatever. But let me just say, Jeremy Kennedy, I actually want to see him run it back with Aaron Pico. I don't know what Aaron oh. Pico's recovery time is, yeah. but that fight I felt like was the right fight to make. And then Aaron Pico's shoulder blew out and they couldn't, yeah. you know, or separated, whatever. They couldn't put it back in place. I think that's the fight. I think the winner of that fight would be fighting for a title. Adam Boric had his chance at a title. He got dominated by Patricio Pitbull. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, those are the two guys. Get some fresh blood up there. You yeah. know, maybe one of those guys can take the title from an all-time great in Bellator, Patricio Pitbull. Um, yeah, here's my thing with Peter Queeley, man. He's two and four in Bellator. He's obviously came into Bellator later in his career. You know, this is a guy that fought for Cage Warriors back in the day. Um, always been a fun fighter. Been one of those SBG guys out there in Ireland. Yep. So yep. Uh, he kind of carries a bit of 
obviously you look at his entrance the guy feels like a big deal yeah. when he goes into the cage but um you know it's and you're right I, I think what holds me back from saying it's the best entrance in mma mm. is the fact that he's just not that good anymore like it's the the entrance is always going to be fire it's always going to be fun mm. but i was sitting there dom going i like i really wanted to bet against him going in because i'm like it just seems like when he goes to ireland he just can't yeah you know it just doesn't work out and the fact that these losses are coming via finish you know i just i'm not seeing much of a positive outlook for the future for peter queely right now um he is i'm sure gonna get another fight you know they did announce they're going back to ireland in september i think it was september okay. 23rd so i'm sure he'll be booked for that card yeah um and we'll see what happens there. I, I can't imagine coming back to the show and being like, oh boy, 0-4. I mean, this is Dude, turning into Derek Lewis level stuff in uh, Texas. I mean, yeah, in Houston. I just remember too, because I'm looking, Bryce Logan was 0-3 in Bellator. Yep, actually, I'm glad you brought that. I was going to say that too. Yeah. I thought Bryce Logan, I, I actually thought both guys like had their moments yeah. of looking pretty good. But uh, Peter Queeley just that that's kind of the Peter Queeley story over that red is fights, true. Yeah. Is he'll look good, but then he he keeps himself open for counters so much. And mm. that's really what happened here. He had he was up against the fence, like oh, that elbow, he really, dude. Yeah, I mean it was a nasty one for sure. <laughs> Out of the clinch, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Um, good win for Bryce Logan. I don't necessarily have a ton of confidence in him either, because like mm. you said, he was 0-3. But um, it was definitely like a it, it was a fight that felt bigger than what both guys were really bringing to the table. Like yeah. the crowd really made this fight, yeah. as they do uh, at these Ireland shows. True. Um, but I thought it was a good card. I mean, a lot of fights. You True. said I didn't even realize it. I mean, we were watching Bellator from eleven thirty to seven. So yeah, eighteen fight card. That's that. And I gave PFL a lot of grief for their championship card. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it was because 11.30 to 7 is easier to stomach than like 6 p.m. or 4 p.m. to midnight. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, there's a, the first half of the day is a little easier to commit to that, especially because I'm not really paying attention to all the fights on the prelims. You know, I'm, of course, watching Magomed Sharipov. Shout out to him. Mm -hmm. Um Karen Clark or Kieran Clark. I, I'm still figuring out that how guy's Kieran, a stud. Too. Yeah, he looks damn good. Um, he opened the main card. Sinead Kavanaugh had kind of a weird fight with Janae Harding. Um, yeah, not a ton. I didn't, I didn't put it on here because I was like, yeah, that was kind of a she kind of didn't look as good as I thought she would in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I have to give a quick shout out, by the way, to MVP Michael Venom Page. He was on commentary for like yeah. half the prelims. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to him commentary. Dude, I think so. he's got a future for sure. Yeah. He he's he was damn good. And doesn't Can you he add feel in the like the kind of guy? Dude? Yeah, he feels like the kind of guy who would seamlessly transition into commentary. I mean, this is a guy that has the name, the yeah. popularity. Yeah. Um, it feels like maybe he's hit his peak as a fighter, though, mm -hmm. and that he's never really gonna be like a champion mm -hmm. so you know if depending on where he how long he wants to keep fighting he could tomorrow just transition into oh. being like a commentary guy and whether it's for bellator which obviously would be the most fitting or if he were to go somewhere else and do it i i want to see him continue to do that he sounded he was great 
Yeah, and the guy that was with him, like the color commentary part, he mm-hmm. was really well too. I'm blanking on his name, but they just flowed really well. And MVP, say what you want about the guy, he's got a wealth of experience in Bellator. He knows the fight game, and he he was it was really good to listen to him. He's very knowledgeable. So yeah, well said, well said. So uh, moving on to UFC Vegas insert number here, we're actually going to slow things Oops. down for a second, Dom. Mm-hmm. We're going to slow things down because we're going to talk about Tatiana Suarez for a second. So she made her return. What was it? Four year layoff. Damn near, yeah. Second longest layoff for an active UFC fighter. Am I saying that right? For a fighter in UFC history or something like that. Wow, really? I think the first is Nick Diaz. Oh, yeah. What was that? Like six years? Yeah, I think that's because I saw when I was watching at beat ups, it said that. And I was thinking, who's first? And I'm like, dude, I think it's Nick Diaz. Yeah, that has to be. GS, GSP could also be in that conversation. But yeah. um, Tatiana comes mm-hmm. back, massive layoff in a new weight class, 125 pounds, massive favorite. She was like a minus 725 or something like that. And she gets a second round submission over Montana De La Rosa, two minutes, 51 seconds in. I will admit, I was somewhat skeptical, Dom. And when I say skeptical, I don't mean that I – I mean, I did bet on Tatiana. I put her in a parlay. I thought she would win. But I wasn't sure how good she was going to look coming back. No, yeah, I understand. And I and sure. I, and I I don't think that's a knock on her. Like, even no. if she looked, no. like, not great, it's not like, oh, okay, well, all of a sudden she's just washed up. Yeah. It's a massive layoff. And I'm – obviously, I've never done it, never practiced, never trained. But I tend to believe that ring rust can be a real thing, no matter what Dominic Cruz tries to tell me. <laughs> right. So um, I just think that has an a, impact on anybody, not just physically, but mentally to get back That's in the there thing. after a yeah. big layoff. And, you know, I I don't think this was as good of a performance as she's had in her past. I mean, I think she has looked more dominant in past fights and, um, that's not really my takeaway here, though. I just think the resilience to come back in here and to get a finish and to look good, that's said enough for me that she's back. And I don't know, you know, I, I try to keep my expectations in check a little bit. You know, when you have such a traumatic long layoff, I forgot, Don, we were talking about all her injuries. I forgot she had thyroid cancer. Yep, before the ultimate fighter. I mean, we're talking about, so much trauma, physical trauma to have to come back from. So I'm not trying to put those expectations of like, you know, what I've done with Aaron Blanchfield, where I've essentially Mm -hmm. said she's a future UFC champion. Yeah. Tatiana, I want to believe can do that, but I don't want to put those expectations on because then if she doesn't, it almost be like a disappointment. And I just feel like anything she's able to do from here is a positive and is kind of defeating the odds a little bit. What do you think? Because I know you're you were higher on her in general than I was, and she came in here and got a finish in the second round. Was this everything you wanted to see? And are you back on Tatiana, future UFC champion hype train? Come on, no. You know I never even got out of the station. I stayed on the train, and I'm still on it, man. She is just a special talent. It's just such a shame that we've missed a lot of prime years. That's mm. the biggest like thing that sucks so badly for her because i i think she would have already been a champion and probably still a champion today considering she had fought since 2019 i think she matches up so well with a lot of people at 115 and not to mention she didn't look like a small 125 or no i think she could very much compete with top dogs in that division 
and her versus an Aaron Blanchfield one day sounds mighty fun. Her versus Valentina, any of those ladies at 125 is awesome. But she said 115's next, so I won't focus on 125. Focus in on 115. Um, how's the UFC going to push her? I think's my question. Is she going to get one top five fight? She wins that, gets her chance being uh with the layoff. I think that's a possibility. Um, we'll see. We we will see. Let me. You know what? Well, what do you what do you want to? What would you want to see? Like, let me take a gander. Because remember, Dom, when Aaron Blanchfield, since I'm this is kind of your Aaron Blanchfield, that's why I'm kind of making the comparison there. When she beat Molly McCann, she moved into like you know she was already outside the top ten or right at ten. Yeah. And I said, give her a title eliminator like now. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that's a risky investment to say that because you might. For, for someone her age, you might want to push her along slowly. But now you got Tatiana, who's 32. You know, how quickly, if you are in the war room, how quickly are you pushing her? You know, what's the next step? Is she getting a top five straw weight? I, I would. I think the, big, the, 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 the biggest difference here in our the comparison with Aaron is that we already knew Tatiana was amongst the elite before her injuries. We're talking someone that had beaten Alexa Grasso. Yes, not the greatest at 115, but that's a good win. I don't care. Mm. Carla Esparza finished those two, by the way, and beat Nina Nunez when Nina was at the top of her game. Now she comes back and beats Montana De La Rosa, which, again, I think is just a perfect comeback fight. Montana is no slouch. I don't care what anybody says. I won't, I won't accept any Montana De La Rosa slander on this show. So, yes, I think you give her a top five matchup because we already knew that she was there, you saw what she looked like in her comeback fight. I think she looked definitely good enough to get a top five opponent. She said she would love to fight Rose. I don't necessarily see that specific matchup happening, but anyone there with Carla, Rose, Lemoche, Marina Rodriguez as a fight book, Jan Jaunan, I love any of those matchups. It doesn't matter to me. She wins that fight. She gets a title shot. She will become a champion, Noah. And maybe well, just glad. maybe one day a two way world champion. But I'll well, I'm, I'm glad, Dom, that you decided to you know, you named every contender there that she could fight. So I, I just had to name in. the top five. Yeah, I couldn't come in and give you like a hey, here's who I think she's gonna fight. So well, now I'm I've you lost the uh, which one uh, I prefer. Nah, okay. Nah, lost right. it's lost its luster. No, who who I mean, who do you prefer her to fight out of that group? Oh, I would absolutely love to see her fight Rose. I think that would be awesome. I mean, there's no but no better way to test her against someone than a former two-time champion, someone in their prime as Rose Namajunas. She's already beaten Carla. Lamoche would be fun too. Marina's booked. I, I Lamoche or Rose, but I would prefer Rose because I think that's pretty awesome. Making a main yeah, event. I, I, I definitely think that fight won't happen, but I yeah, get that's why you would want it to happen. You know a matchup I really because I'm I think I'm a bit more like okay let's give her one more and then we can talk about getting her okay. in like a title eliminator spot yep now this is someone who already has a fight and i forget when she's fighting a matchup i would really like to see her in because i think it's a tough one in terms of styles how about mckenzie dern i i thought that's what you were gonna say yeah because mckenzie dern's about to fight here soon ain't she she's yep. fighting um she's fighting angela oh, hill Beard, or no angela hill that's right I think it's in April, April or May. It's May, May, May 13th, May. I think. So 
maybe the timing doesn't add up quite right. But Dominic, I did say that I thought Amanda Lemos had a zero percent chance of getting the next strawweight title shot, which I don't know if I feel as confident in that uh, bold of a statement anymore because Zhang yeah. Wei Li's just chilling right now, and you got to yeah. think that uh, you know, if Rose Rose hasn't really shown any sort of urgency to come back, so. Give me Lamotion, um, Zhang Wei Li, and Rose versus Tatiana. I'd, I'd be sitting pretty. And Andrade just lost, even though I feel like she's still kind of more deserving of a strawweight title fight, but it's hard to yeah. give it to someone who just lost. <sighs> I want to see, I would love to see Tatiana fight Amanda Lamotion. I would. Um, but I do think that McKenzie Dern matchup's interesting mm-hmm. just because, you know, obviously Tatiana. Female Habib, what they yep. call her. Yeah. And we know how great of jiu-jitsu um, Mackenzie Dern has. Mackenzie Dern's biggest struggle has been her wrestling. Like, she just... Yeah. Offensively, yeah. when she tries to go for double legs or gets takedowns, she 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 looks kind of rough trying to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, when you have someone who's bringing the wrestling to you... How does she look on her back? Is she able to kind of get any of those submissions threatened with them at least? Um, that'd be a very interesting fight. I, I would look forward to seeing that. And I think that's something you could put in a, I would like to see her next fight, Tatiana, that is, be a main event. Oh, please. Please. Please do. I don't see if someone can, can someone take her to rounds three, four, five. And if they can, how does she hold up? Because, again, right. long layoff, all this physical trauma she's been through. You know, there's no telling what kind of gas tank she has if she goes that far. And cutting down the extra it. 10 pounds, Noah, too. Like, I know she had been there and never really had problems, but she looked like a flyweight last night. Fair? Montana's yeah. pretty big, yeah. and she was the Well, same I, always, size. I always looked at Tatiana's being a large strawweight. Yeah. Like, I always yeah. thought she was. I was. I actually didn't know that she said that because uh, I was coming in here thinking, when am I going to put her up against next at flyweight? Yeah. Because, again, I'm watching at B-dubs. They didn't have the sound on for that. Because fucking Indiana. They almost didn't even have the fight Yeah, Indiana and Purdue basketball was on. And Indiana, massive college basketball state. So there was a ton of people there for that game. And um, so I didn't actually hear her say that. So I'm glad that you brought that up, or else I would have been sitting here pitching flyweight bouts for her. So, um, yeah, no, she's, she's definitely back. I'll be interested. I am very interested to see like how yeah. slow do they take her? Like, are yeah. we getting a little overzealous? Even me? Like, are UFC going to book her against like someone in the back half? You know, that's possible. It, but I think at know, her age and you know showing what she's shown before, I think you, I have think to you go just a little kinda, quicker. You just go for it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The rest of this card, Dom. We saw some good fights. Mike Malott, round one submission over Gohan Lanessi. That was a pretty fun fight for as long as it lasted. I think every pretty much everybody expected that one to be over quick, and it was. Yeah. yeah. Trevor Peak, Gonzalez. What a what a wild fight that was. Ended one second knock, left. <laughs> Trevor Peak knocked out Gonzalez with one second left in the first round. Mm. I, it's not the most. It's not the most technical or high level MMA you're going to see this weekend. But boy, was it fucking fun. Whew. And then you had Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King. With a first round TKO, and then he did the dirty dancing dance. You know how he does, man. I mean, I stand by what I said. If you get knocked out by Jordan Levitt, especially slammed, <laughs> and then that man twerks mm. over your dead body, Taking you gotta fight off. him again. Oh, 
I say take a year off. Noah says fight him again. (laughs) You got to get up and fight him again. I don't care if you're concussed. Get in there. Oh, in the cage immediately (laughs) after. Okay. I mean, you just you just got to be like, all right, gotta fight you again. Yeah. If he twerks on you, does the splits, he's doing the dirty dancing dance. I mean, if I get knocked out by Jordan Levitt, you got to get back in there, champ. I didn't hear no bell. But he did get the knockout first round over Victor Martinez. A lot of people were kind of high on Martinez actually coming in. So that was probably a big surprise. Two minutes, 32 seconds around number one. And Dominic, a big sleeper for this weekend for me. Ode Osborne, Charles Johnson. Very close. Very technical fight. Ode Osborne does get the split decision. I was happy about that. But um, maybe a bit surprising that this fight went the distance. Uh, I think a lot of people thought this one might go over that under that two and a half rounds. Yeah. So what kind of stood out to you from the rest of the card for the UFC, Dom? Um, I mean, Mike Malad, I think, is a legit talent. He, he's really good. Yeah. He's a finisher. All you just want to see him fight more, you know? He, just, yeah. he, he feels like yes. it takes. He's, he's, he really takes these big gaps. If I'm not mistaken, because I believe when I was looking, it's like been one fight a year for him since 2019 or something like that. So if he could just become more active, the guy's really good. All nine wins by finish. I think all nine of them are in the first round. That's just quite an insane little fact there for him. That was some Canada on Canada violence. Great fight. Trevor Peak. he's never going to be in a boring fight. I saw what I needed to see. I don't care what his potential is. I know I'm going to have fucking fun watching him fight every time he gets a fight booked. Love that for him. That was just crazy. He he didn't stop for four minutes and 59 seconds. Jordan Levette, I'll tell you what, I regret not taking him at almost uh, even odds because I just I, getting a little disrespected from losing to Patty, I felt was kind of a big mm-hmm. thing odds wise for Jordan Levette here. Patty's not a bad loss. Love him or hate him, it's not a bad loss. Jordan Levette is a pretty solid fighter. I like watching him fight. He's had some really interesting not only quirky uh, celebrations after he wins, but we're talking about a guy that's had a slam knockout, an inverted triangle submission, and now brutal knees in the clinch to win. I mean, he's, he's done some fun things when he wins these fights. And uh, in his losses, again, there's no bad loss or no good losses, but it's a good competition. So I like Dom, that for him. Real quick, would you say that um, I thought Jordan Levitt looked bigger? in this fight like he looked like he had put on some mass. he's a thick guy i feel like for 155 like maybe not height wise but he is mm. he's a big guy i'd say so I'd i don't know if know that was just me but he looked a little bit thicker coming in here than he did like against patty i thought yeah yeah and then the last one we love flyweight violence even though this was a catch weight it doesn't matter Ode osborne <laughs> charles johnson it kept me from going five and oh for my bets this week but that's okay because it was a fun fight you gave them the respect that they deserve if there's one thing I'm proud of with our podcast in two and a half years. It's the amount of love we show to both the men's and women's flyweight divisions, and they continue to deliver, so we're not going to say anything otherwise. O'Day is good, man. Saw a more technical side of him in this fight. He's mm-hmm. had like 10 of his last 11 in in the first round. Kill or be killed. Looked a lot better in this fight. Slowed things down. It was close. Don't get me wrong. I think it could have went either way, but I felt strongly that O'Day had won. Charles Johnson, a legit talent. Shout out to him taking this on like a week's notice. Nothing bad to say. Good fights. It more here on the rest than I expected for this card, but you know that's a good thing. It, like we always say, sometimes they look rough going in, but mm-hmm. if you get good uh, things happening in the octagon, that's what matters most. That's what this card was. Yeah, Ode Osborne, Charles Johnson was. Um, I thought it spoke to the quality of men's yep. flyweight division. I in even depth. tweeted that out. Yeah, because these are two unranked guys. Yeah, 
Yeah. And they, I mean, it was a very, one of the higher level fights on the card in terms of like technical ability that we saw. Yeah. And I think both these guys have bright futures. You know, Oday is an interesting case because he's, you know, had some rough moments. He's had some tough knockout losses or finish losses. But, um, and when he's at his best, man, he is like a top 15 level talent. Charles Johnson, I still think, is at that level, even though he's one and two, I think, in the UFC. Uh, mm-hmm. But the way he dominated Jimmy Flick, our boy, Jimmy the Brick. Yep, I the mean, Brick. I know that was a long layoff for Jimmy, but still, you know, I think he's very good. And you're right, taking this on such short notice and nearly wins this fight. I mean, bright futures ahead for both, I hope. Question real quick on this one. Ode mm-hmm. Osborne, top 15 next, Sue, Mater- Sue Madergy? That'd be fun. I don't know. I mean, is Ode? I mean, I, I know this is a thin division. There's only so many like, outside. Thin in terms of numbers. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't hate it. Um, you know, I love me some Sue Madergy. So I would be like violent. to see him back. Yeah, it would be. Um, I don't hate it. I guess I'm just not a, I'm not 100% certain. Like, is Ode Osborne really. Like, is he deserving of the top 15 opportunity? I mean, I guess so, but um, still a mixed record for him. So maybe he needs another one. But again, you're it's so weird when you're talking about this division, like there's only like 20 something names. So and I, I can't remember more... who his original opponent was either for this card. I can't that remember. I don't know. And I, I was gonna say I think there's only I think there's more ranked fighters than unranked fighters in this division. So yeah, I think so. I mean, they're definitely working their way up. You know who'd be an interesting fight for like Charles Johnson? Who? And I'm just saying it because they fought last week. Clayton Carpenter. Ooh, yeah. I don't mind that at all. Clayton Carpenter or or O'Day Osborne. Either one of those guys. I think that'd be a good fight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I'm not a. I wouldn't be against O'Day getting top 15. He's kind of a guy that's built a little bit of a name for himself for being an exciting fighter. Yeah. Well, they, what's his nickname? The hate is he, is he the Haitian sensation? The Jamaican sensation. Oh, Jamaican sensation. But Sorry. um, I think you're uh, Neil Magny is the other one. So uh, okay. his original opponent, by the way, was Denise Bondar. So if that uh, tells okay. anything Denise about yeah. how he was matched okay. up, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's so uncertain at flyweight because I don't even know how many guys are technically signed in that division at this point, but. I, like a year ago, there was more ranked fighters than unranked fighters. So I'd say maybe 25, maybe. I hope they got to be getting, I mean, Hopefully we got to be more. I'm like, come on, man. Like get, we haven't had one flyweight main event since fucking yeah. Davidson Marino won. That's just bullshit. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Disrespect. Get my man raw dog of main event, please. In Ohio <laughs> or Midwest anywhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Dominic, let's move on to your below average bet slip. The final week without me here to either lower our numbers or raise them. Um, How did it go, Dom? Are we finally seeing some positives coming in? Oh, man, no. I said last week I needed something big for your return into UFC 285 because we're going to have some a big volume, I believe, coming up. I've been seeing your practice rounds these past two weeks. I know you're coming in with a statement to prove. We went four and one. The only loss on the day was Johnson Osborne under two and a half. You know, it is what it is. It was a fun fight, so that's all that matters. But four and one, we went plus 1.95 units. So on the year heading into UFC 285, we are at minus 2.15. Made up some ground, 
first positive week of the year. Oh, it was a struggle, but we finally got there and it's perfect time. No returns. I hopefully I'm hitting a stride. Put that together. It's a recipe for disaster for the books. Hopefully going into this middle of the year, second quarter of the year. Nothing, uh, nothing really huge. We had Suarez by finish, only a half unit on that. That came late because of the span fight getting canceled. 2-0 on Bellator parlays. Happy about that. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, the uh, UFC parlay was Selecki, Moneyline, Malat, uh, Liness, Inside the Distance, and it was Krylov span under 3.5. Lost that one, so it got bumped to minus 200, so we didn't win quite as many units, but that's okay. It was a good week. It's what I wanted. Now we ride. Well, technically, Krylov Span did not make it to round three. So true. I, I should have like got all my odds. Yeah, I feel like you should have cashed. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. saying. I was, I was about to hit up my DraftKings rep and be like, "Yo, <laughs> shouldn't I? I mean, technically, it didn't make it to round three. So very true. Should let's call it a big week, but it's fine. It was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm excited to be back. I'm not excited for the gauntlet. I'm going to have to go through. But Dominic, I, I, you know. I respect your decision on that one. So, hey, what's it been though? Like three months since you were a part of the bet slip? I think it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I've done that. no good since then. So, <laughs> well, I've needed this break. I, I, it, I it, you know what the final straw was? It was me betting on Kayla Harrison and then Clarissa Shields. That was what. It, wow, it's been a long time. Because I was on the I was on the bad end mm. of all three major upsets last year true i had Usman so against true. edwards i had Bahara against, or i had izzy against Bahara, and then had kayla harrison against clarissa shield so uh, you can only take so much as a man and uh but i am back i back some would say better than ever if the last two weeks are anything to go off of we should be in for some decent numbers you know and next week we're definitely doing numbies dom we're doing oh. numbies in terms of like total bets yeah <laughs> we're going big we're going, We're going big. big. Um, but Dominic, there's only one way we end the show around here. It's with a little segment we like to call closing statements. Mm. Point of the show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. So, Dominic, do you have any closing statements to send us off into the week? Uh, what's everybody's thoughts on cheesecake? Because we are going to Cheesecake Factory the day we're recording this on Sunday, and I've never been there before. I've never been big on cheesecake. Really not my thing. I'm not big on cream cheese, I guess, is the main reason. But I feel like if I'm going to Cheesecake Factory, I am my my hand has been forced, and I will be trying one today. I heard from our good friend JP, friend of the show, part of the Blue Averages brand, I guess, even technically, to try the Oreo cheesecake. So I will report back maybe on verbal sparring how I enjoyed it. But let us know if you like cheesecake, and if you do, what your favorite kind is. Noah, have you ever had Cheesecake Factory, and do you enjoy cheesecake? I've had Cheesecake Factory a couple times, but it's been a long time since yeah. I've been there. Now, cheesecake is actually my favorite dessert. So Okay, two total opposite spectrums here. So I am a big, big old cheesecake fan. I think we're learning, Dom, that the more we do this show, that me and your food, like, taste or just couldn't be more different yeah yeah i mean maybe i should have wished i had more of your food taste i might be a little thinner but you know it's, <laughs> yeah. um, maybe if i was uh instead of pizza rolls if i was a bagel bites guy maybe i that, that could have been the difference <laughs> or if i was eating if i was eating well done steaks or whatever oh, boy. Like here we go you know, I mean, jesus now you're just wanting to bring out all my darkest days yeah. on the show i mean jesus christ dude <laughs> oh i did you know something that was interesting i so for lunch on thursday um, my supply chain team went out to lunch. We went to Cracker Barrel. 
Okay. And I did a little breakfast thing, mm-hmm. and it came with biscuits with gravy. And I did oh, eat good for biscuits you. with gravy, and they were good. Okay. I love to hear that for you. I don't dislike gravy. That was the whole misconception of that. You mm. caused the riot by something that wasn't even factually said. <laughs> I did not say I don't like gravy. I just said yeah. if I have my choice, I prefer to eat you know, more like butter or something on my, right. And you kind of had a panic. You freaked out a little bit. I did. I did. And then everybody was commenting and saying L take. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even say I didn't like, (laughs) like Dominic said that, not me. I just needed you to feel my pain a little. Yeah. I I get it. I get it. It's uh, I I forget what they call uh, two's great, but three's a crowd. Something like that. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything, so we'll just end it with the cheesecake. Um, okay. But my name's Noah Baker. That's Dom Mixley. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we'll see you guys on Wednesday.